Hello out there, my friends. It is I, Hondo Onaka. Now you know what to do. You must tune in to my favorite podcast, The Five-ish Fangirls. Otherwise, there could be consequences. Just as we continue all to wait the episode 395 of the five-ish fangirls podcast break out the twinkie wiener sandwiches hop on a plane to albuquerque and let's get weird welcome everyone to this week's episode of the five-ish fangirls podcast so glad just let's start off like a virtual table and see who's joined us this week this is Christy in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi, everybody. I'm a and little slap happy. And we're so I'm a little sleep deprived zero, and also, literally, but hey. also <laughs> very excited about this week's topic. So <laughs> forgive me if words don't come out of my mouth properly on the first try <laughs> oh my goodness oh so excited anyway uh we don't really have anything in the way of news um other than uh check your feeds make sure that you are subscribed to next stop everywhere doctor who podcast uh-huh. with charles skaggs and jesse jackson because i recently guested to do a commentary episode for the peter capaldi episode mummy on the orient express yes which was rather fun because i do like me some peter capaldi very nicely done i had planned on sending feedback but then i realized way too late like oh dang it it's already recorded (laughs) yeah but you're gonna be on the show soon enough so yeah <laughs> two weeks as a matter two weeks from now as a matter of fact yeah. you can always give your two cents yes then yeah. if you feel like it so remember your comments and be like oh by the way i was gonna say this and now yes it's yes. <laughs> yes uh so there is really that then kind of quiet which i think is a good thing uh everybody's uh-huh. <laughs> so, still hung over with with halloween candy yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh but we do have some feedback so some feedback from shalane yay uh she says Hello. speaking of chris pratt uh, i forgot to mention the last time when you girls talked about the mario trailer did you girls know that chris pratt is going to voice garfield why does that not yeah, surprise heard, me? We've heard that, that. That doesn't surprise me. His agent is earning that paycheck. Yep. Yeah. I didn't even know they Apparently Bill Murray has him. decided there are some things that are even below him. Uh, <laughs> so between Murray and Pratt for Garfield? I guess, yeah... Pratt could do it. I can't remember who voiced Garfield in the cartoons, but just you know, he just had that certain style of saying stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now I'm a lasagna. <laughs> yeah, so those of us that grew up with the Garfield cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That, that is definitely 
that is my Garfield. Mostly because mm-hmm. the cartoon also had that, you know, the character designs were the same as in the comic. Mm-hmm. Felt like, oh, you know, they are, uh, you know, the, the comic and the cartoon are one and the same. So it's like, yep, those, those voices, those performances, it's all. That's what I hear mm-hmm. when I read Gar- my Garfield comic strip books. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Uh, and then she has a question. Uh, she asks since Doctor Who is going to be on Disney Plus, does that mean Disney bought Doctor Who? No, no, did not buy Doctor Who. They no. If anything, they they are paying for distribution rights. Yes, yes, that's that's what it is. It's very different. Which is, I don't know, that whole thing is weird because for a long time Warner Brothers had the distribution rights in in the U.S. And then there was BBC Worldwide, and I don't know. It's it's all a jumble. Mm-hmm. There you go. Doctor Who just kind of gets passed around. Yeah. Like, well, I now, need somebody to distribute me. Now, who knows? To moisturize whole... me. It's distribute me. Uh-huh. <laughs> who knows? Maybe, maybe this me. whole saga with the eighth Doctor movie was Doctor Who now being under the house of mouse. There Maybe. might be some different distribution mm. easements going on. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it could just be straight up streaming distribution rights and that's it. So, yep. it just depends yeah. on the nature of the contract, which it's not usually something that i think that's really publicly disclosed no, so. no yeah. not really and it's full we're of just left to speculate yep pretty much well and i think too depending i can't remember if the article i read is any truth to it or not but it might even bump up the production per episode for them as well for when they make episodes so not a bad thing mm. either Maybe. Who knows? Going back. Wait. Stepping, oh, wait and see. Yeah. Stepping back to Garfield. Uh, the voice of Garfield in the whatever 90s. His name was Lorenzo Music. Okay. That's, that's the guy. Who he mm. passed away in 2001. So he is definitely not available to reprise the role, sadly. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame, but. Yeah. Oh, well. He did. Mm. Yes, he did. Oh, um, and then she says, going back to Spirited Away in anime, um, she says, if you've seen Turning Red, um, uh, it's inspired by several anime, which I could see that. It does have a kind of an anime look to it. I still haven't seen Turning Red. It's been on my list. It does. I started, I just never finished it. <laughs> I do that sometimes. I, I do. I do. This is, this I'll log into but like yeah. I'll log into Disney Plus or Hulu and be like, you know, continue. You were watching this, and I'm like, eh, no, <laughs> uh, not in the mood for it anymore. Nope. <laughs> um, and then she mentions the uh our our trio. Uh, from only murders, um, the things that she knows them from include Father of the Bride, Prince of Egypt, mm-hmm. the Three Amigos, uh, obviously the Disney Channel, uh, 
Ramona and Bezos, Hotel Transylvania, and Monte Carlo. Yeah, I don't know Selena Gomez from a whole lot other than the occasional episode of Wizards of Waverly Place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But see Martin Martin Short. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I yep, went on yeah. a Martin Short like tear years ago mm-hmm. and well, was trying to get my hands up. on pretty much everything he's ever been in. So the team up of him and Steve Martin and Father of the Bride is just <laughs> oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Although I I will say because it has been popular in our house lately, I highly recommend the Hotel Transylvania movies. Yes, it's not just. It's not just dorky kid stuff. They are genuinely good. And they're yes. so cute. And they're yes. so much fun. And mm-hmm. the animation is great. Of course, I, I've been a, I've been a, again, a Tartakovsky fan since, you know, Dexter's Lab and the Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. But his, his, his style is very distinctive and it, it, they're, they're, they're fun movies. So we've watched one through three. I know there's a fourth one on Amazon, but I don't, I, I've heard mixed, mixed things about it, but. The first three are fun, so. I mean, I enjoyed four. There was, you know, a couple things here and there, but it four was cute. Okay. But yeah. So anyway, so if you so just because you mentioned Hotel Transylvania, I'm like, I have to put a plug in for that because Alex and Lottie both love it, and I've watched it so many times, but I am not even bored of it. Hmm. That is actually all of Shalane's feedback, so. But thank you, Shalane, as always. So, with that, we can move on to this week's main topic, which... (laughs) I feel like like we've been needing to do this one for... Oh, yeah, this has been a long, long time coming. Absolutely. So, but with the new movie now out available on Roku Channel, uh, as long as you can access the Roku Channel website, uh, <laughs> you can you can see it. Um, so, and apparently it is going over like hotcakes, uh, being very well regarded. Um, and next year will be the 40th anniversary of his first full-length studio album um, that uh, it was just a matter of time for us to finally get around to talking about one of my absolute favorite people in the whole wide universe that I swear I've been in love with for I don't know how long. Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I I saw him open for the Monkees in 86 or 87 when they came to Milwaukee. I was a big Monkees fan. So nice. my parents were like, okay, we'll let you go. We'll, we'll, we'll take you. And yeah. I mean... Like a surgeon, because I mean, he addicted to spuds. I mean, he came out in the blue surgeon suit for like a surgeon. And I think he had a quasi version of Mr. Potato Head, if memory serves, kind of dancing with him on stage. But it, it stuck. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, I, I mean, I kept go, going back and forth on how exactly we should like go about this particular time. Cause when we do like these artists, you know, arts, you know, specific episodes, we tend to do like their life kind of chronologically, mm-hmm. which I mean, makes the most sense. However, we also have the new movie, which obviously is extremely fictionalized on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about yes. the origin of this. It comes from a funnier die sketch that did all the way back in like 2010, uh, just for the hell of it. Um, and uh, ever since then, people have been like, when are you going to do the whole, you know, a proper biopic? You know, and uh, finally it got to the point where there had been enough other like biopic movies that have been out and been, you know, all the awards thrown at them, you know, walk the line. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Reese Witherspoon won uh, at acting, you know, best actress for playing June Cash in that, you know, Remy Malik won for bohemian rhapsody uh you know obviously we talked about elton john rocket man you know they got elton his second (laughs) oscar for best original song um you know uh ray you know take your pick Uh, yeah there are a lot yeah there are a lot of biopics out there and one thing uh that uh in general, whenever it's supposed to be, you know, nonfiction, I'm doing very big air quotes here, and something that we bring up a lot on Gold Standard whenever we talk about something that's supposed to be based on real life is that they always fudge with the facts to make it more entertaining, whether it's stuff out of not necessarily in cr- the proper chronological order that things actually took place. When you're talking about musicians, a lot of times when, you know, they're struggling to try to get like that first big hit, like Rocket Man, um, you know, you see Elton and Bernie are back living with Elton's parents and Bernie's got these lyrics that ter- goes into being my song and Elton sits down in front of the piano and suddenly within seconds, it's just fully like fleshed out you know multi-instrument fully produced song and it's like it doesn't actually happen like that well because because in a movie you want to watch you want to watch them you know um you know with papers strewn everywhere and trying out different notes and like no that doesn't sound right you know Mm -hmm. different iterations like so so yes we all want to watch hours and hours of that you know nitty-gritty back and forth of writing a song but no because it's so much more exciting than you know here's your here's your song just out of the blue in your head and it's a hit suddenly because mm-hmm. you're just that good. yes that's what we want to we we, we want to watch the boring part in in real time in real time how it actually mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. exactly and, and if you couldn't if you couldn't tell i was trying to be sarcastic there because, yeah, <laughs> like, like you guys wouldn't appreciate the Freddie telling the boys, "Here's where the opera section comes in, darling." <laughs> like, yes. yes. Say what? Yeah. 
exactly exactly so and then of course you know with a lot of a lot of tortured artists you know they're gonna have their moments of you know their love life isn't what they you know we find that either like either someone who's supposed to be a romantic partner maybe a business partner you find out that they're using them for their own gain and maybe mm-hmm. the person gets into drugs or alcohol or whatever and they gotta hit rock bottom so they can pull themselves back up and be, be- bigger and better than they were before which again makes for a compelling story and in some cases is true you know uh, Freddie Mercury did you know go through a period of you know substance abuse and not Mm -hmm. in the best place mentally and you know unfortunately some of the choices he made eventually led him to contracting you know Mm -hmm. hiv uh you know elton john famously had a severe uh drug addiction and at one point tried to analyze tried to unalive himself by sticking his head in an oven that he didn't bother to turn on in the first place mm-hmm. but the in- you know the intention was there uh yeah, right. he was unsuccessful at it uh well, and, it, and it's i don't know it's that it's that rock and roll lifestyle i mean even johnny cash for mm-hmm. he had he had the same a lot of a lot of those same issues with you know drugs and alcohol and and you know not to the extent that some did think of this, because you know he lived right. to a, a ripe, a very ripe old age with a full yeah. life. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like when you're talking about musicians, and especially during the '60s, the '70s, right. and, and you I have mean, all throughout. It's like it was that that lifestyle, that culture of you know, we, you know, we're we're you know, we're on top of the world. We've yep. got everything yep. we want here. Take a hit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we even have the twenty-seven club. Some artists who died mm-hmm. when they were twenty-seven. I mean, the list is pretty. Sadly, mm-hmm. it is long. Pretty extensive, and it's so, sad. So those, those stories are interesting because we're like, oh, we want to, we want to, uh, you know, look peek behind the curtain at their sordid past and be like, oh, isn't that sad? But then you got a guy like Weird Al who's like. He's, he said repeatedly that his life outside of music is actually pretty boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, who is, and I, I kind of imagine it, uh, for, you know, those, those of us who who who've seen the movie, I kind of imagined it like in a Napoleon Dynamite sort of, sort of setting. I don't know where he, where he grew up or anything like that, but. California. Like, so, so, okay. Well, yeah, there you he go. grew up in Linwood. But, but, I mean, the, the album straight out of Linwood is, <laughs> Is you know, completely well, I, accurate I the title? I don't know where Linwood is. It's a su- it's a suburb, uh, uh, you know, in, in California. So yeah. Okay, well there you go. But I'm like, okay, yeah. So you know, he just did his thing, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he writes funny he writes funny songs based on you know parodying others, and you know, Michael Jackson was was a was a fan because he thought his 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 you know he he was like. Yes, totally. Parody my songs because you're you're a genius mm-hmm. about that, and yeah. you know, and then MTV with the with the music videos because the music videos are really what make his songs like his songs are funny and great on their own, but then you add the music video to it, and it just adds another layer of hilarity mm-hmm. to all of it. 
so that's kind of where like he, he just kind of hit just right when you know mtv was it was a big deal see back in the day kids mtv actually used to play music videos uh-huh and that's yes. how a lot of these artists and musicians got to mm-hmm. be a big deal it wasn't mm-hmm. all just reality tv yeah. so yeah. Mm-hmm. like that facebook page facebook post goes Thank you, MTV, for the approximately 11 years worth of music videos. Mm-hmm. Pretty yep. much nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, Al's real life story is actually pretty dull. You know, his parents, Mary and Nick, you know, they did use the, the their names are accurate and, and weird. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, while his parents were strict, they weren't <laughs> they weren't as strict as they are portrayed uh, in the in the <laughs> yeah his his dad was very much of the mindset that if you're going to be successful, you have to do what makes you happy, and so that's the that's what his you know Al took you know he was an only child. Um, growing up in Linwood, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, um, you know his his dad was a medic during World War II, earned two purple two Purple Hearts. Um, you know his mother was a, a stenographer, um, and uh, the it it is accurate that he got his first accordion. He started the the uh, accordion because of a door to door salesman. Uh, came to their house offering accordion or guitar lessons and his parents <laughs> decided that accordion <laughs> would be better because it's because it wasn't so rock you know because guitar to them meant rock and roll um mm. so uh they decided to go with accordion that and the fact that there is actually a frankie yankovic who is in no way related whatsoever i'm sure maybe distantly related if you go back far enough to like the origin of the family name mm-hmm. uh you could probably find a connection there but not any close relation um you know it has, they thought that there should be at least one more accordion playing Yankovic in the world uh <laughs> <laughs> um but his his mother was very protective he wasn't allowed to go over to like friends houses to play and do sleepovers and the like the furthest he was allowed to go from their front front door was to his aunt's house who lived a half a block away um so this door door salesman they decided to do it to do the accordion and that included lessons uh so he started doing lessons the day before he turned seven and did uh those private lessons for three years um until he decided to just learn on his own you know teach himself um and he was a big fan of the dr demento show among other things mm-hmm. obviously in the 70s um you had artists like spike jones alan sherman frank zappa um, uh-huh. he was also a big fan of his mom again did not like him listening to dr demento <laughs> Uh, but he found ways to listen anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, As you do. <laughs> yeah. So, but he was always a nerd. I mean, he his birthday is in late October. Um, so, uh, 
a lot of places. I, I can't speak for every school district everywhere, but generally, when you know you start kindergarten about age five, but mm-hmm. uh, you need to be actually five. So if your birthday ends after the school year started, sometimes you have to wait. Uh, mm-hmm. Which yeah. is like what Chauncey had to do because Chauncey's birthday is also in late October, so he didn't get to yeah. start kindergarten. That's- when he was five, he was closer to six by the time yeah, he started kindergarten. That, that's that's, that's early September. And, yeah, yeah, well, and, and Alex could have, we could have let him stay back a year because his birthday's in August. Like, this year, he turned five, and then, like, less than a week later, he started kindergarten. But he's got he's got extenuating circumstances that were like, eh, it wouldn't have made a difference if we mm. let him stay back. But yeah, so most most I think it. I think you're right. A lot of uh, most most school schools that I know of do that. Yeah, but in Al's class, he actually start was able to start kindergarten early, and then um, he ended up skipping second grade. So he ended up graduating <laughs> high school at like sixteen, seventeen. Wow. Um, valedictorian, of course, uh, <laughs> because he he was he was a nerd. Um, and um you know didn't do sports or the like uh he was in the national forensic league uh which is you know uh speaking public speaking um Mm -hmm. he was in a school play um he worked on the school yearbook um he was also a member of the volcano worshippers club which did absolutely nothing they just wanted to get an extra picture of themselves in the yearbook. Uh, <laughs> that, that, sounds, that, that sounds not right. Like an extra no. So, yeah. So he graduated high school in 1976, valedictorian of a senior class, went on to California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo, o- 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 um, where he got a bachelor's degree in architecture. So... Um, he did he did go on to college like portrayed in the movie um although at that point he had not met the the guys that would eventually be part of his band quite yet <laughs> it wasn't all of a sudden in college with ru- roomating uh with the guys that would go on to be his bandmates for the next 40 something years um uh but uh you know he was started doing uh parodies and original songs right away his first self recording <laughs> uh he did in his own bedroom uh with a cheap little tape report tape recorder and it was an original song called Belvedere Cruisin about his family's Plymouth Belvedere <laughs> <laughs> that he sent off to Dr. Demento and got played on the radio actually oh, cool right nice. you know, right away so dr demento said it may not be the very best thing i've ever heard but it had some clever lines uh so um and then he also uh did some like coffee house type performances um and then while he was in college he gave, became a disc jockey on the university's radio station um where he took up the moniker weird al um which had been bestowed upon him by some other people as an insult of course, he took that and was like, yeah, insult, please. Uh, 
and has some been of, weird Al best, ever since. Yeah. yeah. Some of the best nicknames come because somebody called you something that they thought was going to be insulting and you just took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. turned it into a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So in mid-1979, as he was getting ready to go into his senior year of college, um, that's when the Knack released their song, My Sharona. And uh, <laughs> yes, his recording of My Bologna was done in a bathroom. It was not at a bus station. It was on the campus. It was a, a radio station. Uh, or it was a bathroom at the radio station instead of a bus station. Um, but yeah, they, they did do it in a bathroom because they liked the acoustics. <laughs> Um, and brings, again, he said, uh, yeah, I was going to say, it brings to mind that, uh, that, that, uh, Homestar Runner cartoon where you can mix the audio with all the different, um, characters and Strong Bad is singing in the bathroom and he says, wow, we got great acoustics in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, which that, that, yeah, he, that he sent off to Dr. Mento, uh, who, played it on his show um and got uh pretty good traction he actually ended up he, al actually got to meet the knack after they played a show at his college campus um it introduced himself as the author of my bologna um and the knack's lead singer uh doug feiger said he uh actually liked it and um he was the one that got him in touch with Capitol Records uh, to release it as a single. Uh, so Al's first single was released in you know, uh, mid-79. He got a six-month recording contract um, and it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so it was for only six months. Um, but uh he got to be a guest on the dr demento show in 1980 um where they did another one rides the bus <laughs> uh, so that was recorded live not at a pool party but on the dr demento show so dr demento was there um and that's where he actually met uh john bermuda schwartz um and uh who is a drummer um and agreed to do to use the accordion case uh essentially as a way to help keep the the beat <laughs> steady um so uh they did another one rise the bus you could see the video for that it's all over the internet um next up <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic, who first became known for his parodies of popular rock tunes in 1979 with his parody of a song done, uh, done by the Knacks, which was called My Sharoma, and uh, Weird Al rewrote it and called it My Bologna. It was recorded in the luxurious, state-of-the-art, acoustic-tile men's bathroom across from his college radio station because they wouldn't let him in the studio. Last September, Weird Al performed his newest parody entitled Another One Rides the Bus, 
This was done live on the Dr. Demento radio show with stations across the country carrying this, uh, this, uh, this program, reporting an overwhelming problem with listener response. Everybody turn their radio off. Here is Weird Al Yankovic, and the weirdest thing that Al has ever done is one day he took a tire off his father's car and he sucked all the air out of it. He has, uh, he has uh, his partner John Schwartz with him tonight, and they have a song. I can't find the title here. What's the title of this song, Weird Al? It's another one rides the bus. Here is Weird Al Yankovic. Here he is. Weird Al. got a uh, uh, television performance in 81 um, and uh, uh, at that point Al had gotten uh, was with a record label TK Records and two weeks after Another One Rides a Bus was released as a single uh, the record label went bankrupt so oh, of course Al never did. got any royalties from that release. Oh, that stinks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 81 saw Al uh as part of Dr. Demento's stage show on tour. Um, and it's when they were in Phoenix, Arizona that Jay Levy saw Al perform uh and became uh al's manager and has been al's manager for since um and jay uh suggested uh asked al if he considered getting a full band um and so they held auditions uh so steve jay was brought in as bass player jim west came in to play guitar uh bermuda continued to play drums um and that was the band uh at that point um and uh they started touring together um in 1982 um and from there they did i love rocky road uh which was produced by rick derringer who's kind of big name uh mm -hmm. <laughs> in the music business um and uh it was a it was on top 40 radio uh so and that's how he got signed with scody brothers records um who are portrayed in the movie with al playing the elder scody brother <laughs> so um but yeah got signed to that contract which was uh, a 14 album contract um and so his first 
album, which was self-titled, was released in 1983. So it'll be 40 years next year that his first album was released. Um, and uh, the song Ricky, which is a parody of Tony Basil's Mickey, uh, was released mm-hmm. as a single. And the subsequent music video on MTV uh, did fairly well. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh so um uh, and then the uh his second album, Weird Al You Give It in 3D, uh includes the single Eat It, um, which was a parody of the Michael Jackson song Beat It. Uh unlike in the alternate universe of the Al Yankovic story where Eat It came first. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um and of course the uh, shot for shot uh, reproduction of the Beat It music video. Um, and uh, also Al's first Al TV special, which aired on MTV. Um, oh, um, and, and actually, 1985 was the first mockumentary of his life release called the complete al um which is a title the it's a parody of the 82 documentary the complete beatles uh (laughs) which again mixes fact with fiction um and then uh yeah uh, the al and his his band toured as the opening act for the monkeys Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the late 80s so yep where holly got to see him yes um and al claims that he quite enjoyed touring with the monkeys even though the promoter jipped them out of a bunch of money yeah Yeah. so monkeys great yes show promoter not so much Mm -hmm. um and then um 1989 saw the release of one of my ride or die desert island movies UHF <laughs> listen let's get one thing straight guns don't kill people I do channel 62 has the lowest ratings in the history of television what they need is a new station manager no not him forget it no way a man of action <laughs> a man of courage a man of vision. What's your name? Billy. Billy what? What they get is a man so desperate, he'll put anyone on the air. Hey, Stanley. Yeah, George? How would you like your own TV show? OK. You get the drink from the fire hose. OK, you ready? Yeah! Open wide. He's Conan, the librarian. Today, we're teaching poodles how to fly. We beat out the networks. George Newman, he starts where the others stop. We're the number one station in town. Ah! Orion Pictures presents Weird Al Yankovic in UHF, the movie. 
<laughs> which I just so happen to be doing on Drunk Cinema the end of this week. So stay tuned uh-huh. to the feeds for that. Oh, <laughs> oh which I, I, I love UHF. Uh, the, UHF was actually my first introduction to Weird Al. I saw UHF before I ever heard any of his music. I was uh oh my goodness i don't know how old i was uh late elementary school early junior high probably yeah maybe closer to junior high um and uh the church youth group that i was part of during summer vacation uh one of the parents opened up their house to just kind of a a play day because they they had a, a decent sized house and a very good sized yard, so they invited the all the kids over, and they supplied us with things like water guns and water balloons and all sorts of outdoor shenanigan type stuff. So we spent the you know the 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 summer afternoon running around squirting each other with squirt guns and pelting each other with water balloons and you know firing the the garden hose at each other and all that stuff that kids like to do um and then when we completely had tuckered ourselves out they shuffled us inside and gave us food and propped us in front of the tv and proceeded to watch uhf and i had no idea what it was that i was watching i just know it was the weirdest thing i had ever seen in my life because at that point i had been living on disney movies that was all i was really allowed to watch Mm -hmm. so to see something like this blew my mind (laughs) Uh, so that is that was my first introduction to weird al before i ever heard one of his albums was which you was uhf and since then i have seen uhf so many times i can quote it backwards and forwards and inside out and upside down and upside down and one hand tied behind my back oh my god i love that movie it gets quoted all the time around here absolutely note to self if you're ever on millionaire and you need a phone a friend with weird al rachel's a gal yep Especially if it's UHF. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, UHF did not do well in the movie theater because it was released July of 1989. Which, if you know anything about movie history, and especially considering we just finished the 80s on Gold Standard, um, and I talk about the number of movies that were released in 1989 um unfortunately uhf was just uh a little guppy in Mm -hmm. a sea full of killer whales because that was the summer things like indiana jones and the last crusade ghostbusters Mm -hmm. 2 tim burton's batman were released (laughs) Uh uh-huh whoops <laughs> yeah. now have you guys seen UHF I have not I've oh seen bits and 
I've seen uh, bits uh, and pieces. I need to sit down and watch the whole thing. <laughs> I, I've never seen it. Oh, oh my god. <sighs> Guys, you're killing me. I'm very disappointed in that. Oh my god. Oh, you need to. And it's readily available. Like it's in several spots available. Uh uh Roku has it. Uh Pluto TV oh, has yeah. it. Hoopla has it at the moment. So not that I need it on streaming because I have it on digital and V and DVD and five you know. I also have it All memorized. <laughs> so <laughs> like I could just run through it in my head if I wanted to. Uh <laughs> so, here and I thought it was I thought it was odd because Nick had not seen it. Now it turns out you guys haven't either. Ugh. I can't be friends with any of you all. Uh, well, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know it was going to be that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait until the drunk cinema episode gets released, and then watch it while you, you know. Okay. And yeah, you know, or better yet, watch it and then listen to the drunk cinema episode. I, I was going to say it I probably makes say, more sense yeah. if you watch it first and actually mm-hmm. can hear what's would. going on. Pay attention, but uh, I love that movie. So, and I'm so glad I finally got to see it on big screen several years ago, um, pre-pandemic, obviously. Uh, when Weird Al last came to town in 2019, uh, the day before that show, um, in IMAX, uh. <laughs> The IMAX screen uh, theater downtown did a, a screening of it, um, and that was the first time I got to see it on the big screen. It was awesome. They played Weird Al's music beforehand. They had movie. I've got the movie poster around here somewhere that they were handing out. But it was just so cool to see it on the big screen. <laughs> uh, so highly, highly recommended if you're a Weird Al fan. So especially when I start quoting things it'll make way more sense <laughs> um so suffice to say since uhf was not a big box office success um that al's career took a slump but never one to uh sit uh sit on his laurels and feel sorry for himself uh he went ahead and started working on his next album um, and it was during that time that uh, Ruben of Altera joined the band on keyboards. Um, and Ruben would uh, round out the band. And it's been those guys ever since. Um, uh, but um, and actually Al took over album production from Rick Derringer at that same time. Um, while Derringer had done a pretty good job of producing the six previous albums for which he won two Grammy Awards. Uh, Derringer had some rather serious drug-related problems (laughs) that were kind of getting in the way of his work. Um, So, uh, so, so Al took over uh, being producer. Um, So, uh, while he had 
the original songs complete, he still needed a really he he needed a parody. Um and um he had some ideas. Um uh he approached Michael Jackson about doing a parody of Black or White called Snack All Night. That was the one time that Michael Jackson actually turned him down because he felt like black and white was too serious of a song mm-hmm. um, to, to be parodied. Um, but um, it just so happens that um, UHF um, included a SNL cast member, uh, Victoria Jackson, um, so, uh, and while Victoria was, uh, still with SNL at this point, um, Al was able to use his connection with her when a band by the name of Nirvana, um, was going to be the musical guest on SNL. Uh, so he was able to get in touch with, uh, with them and ask it ask for permission um if he could do a parody of uh smells like teen spirit um and the the story is kurt cobain asked is it going to be about food because <laughs> up to that point he'd had a lot of songs about food uh lasagna uh taco grande <laughs> you know fat eat it uh and take your pick uh so yeah Kurt Cobain was like is it gonna be about food and Al said no it's gonna be about how no one can understand your lyrics and Kurt Cobain was like love it great absolutely (laughs) uh so that's where smells like Nirvana came from and that would become the lead parody off of the album off the deep end And Which, if I if I remember right, I think that was the first music video of his I ever saw was was the Smells Like Nirvana. Yeah, I had heard the music before, but then I had then I saw the music video and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I didn't get it, but I was like, yeah, how I can't remember how it old was, I was. Yeah, I, it it's but it was one of, it was funny. Yeah, it's one of those. And it, 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 we'll take a little sidestep here and talk about Al's library of work and what he does um you know is as you know people know like i said the story about asking permission from kurt cobain isn't gonna be about food um you know asking michael jackson you know uh permission to Mm -hmm. to do parodies of things like bad and beat it um and technically u.s copyright laws (laughs) i think i don't know if it's under copyright or whatever i'm just assuming it's under copyright or something like that yeah when you parody 
Yeah. When you parody something, you don't have to have permission. Uh, because comedy is protected essentially as free speech, um, among other things. Yeah, Al- and it's, it's considered fair use, if, I'm, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Al asks just from a professional courtesy. Yeah. Which makes which, perfect sense. Which just I mean, kind of shows the guy he is. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, obviously, some exceptions, especially early on, uh, because he didn't necessarily have the uh, resources to go out and ask. So it's like, you know, he'd already done mm-hmm. my Bologna after the fact <laughs> before mm-hmm. actually getting to meet the knack. Uh, but it worked out. But ever since, he has always tried to get permission from the artist directly, not just their people, but the artist directly, if he can help it. Um, mm-hmm. And with few exceptions, it's always been fine. Um, like I said, you know, when except for things like black and white, which obviously, you know, Michael Jackson had a a good reason to to uh, to say no there. Um, he has a he approached uh, Paul McCartney about doing a parody of "Live and Let Die" called "Chicken Pot Pie." Uh, <laughs> Paul turned him down because Paul is a vegetarian. Actually, Al is too. Um, and Paul actually suggested tofu pot pie, but it didn't work lyrically. <laughs> uh, so Al just Al just shelved yeah. that. Um, uh, obviously the beef with Coolio. Um, yeah, in this case, he had been told by coolio's people that coolio would okay it um okay. and that coolio supposedly after the fact said no i didn't but at that point amish paradise kind of blew up so it was kind of hard mm-hmm. to to take it back um <laughs> and then years later coolio was like no i was just being a dick um <laughs> and yeah, yeah. apologize and he and al actually you know mended fences uh mm-hmm. several years yeah. ago which is good because coolio is now longer no longer with us um yeah. so i mean the, the 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 great thing about al, weird al's stuff is like you'll you'll hear like there's lots of people who do parodies especially you know what you know once the internet takes off and youtube is a thing and and people parody and 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 make fun of all kinds of things mm-hmm. and some of it is in good fun, and some of it is a little more malicious, I suppose is, is a good term for it. Or, you know, just, just not, not necessarily in good faith. But Weird Al, like, he does not get into, like, controversial topics with his music, really. He, like, and he, he he's like, we're just here to have fun. He relate his music relates to everybody, you know, and he, he doesn't, like, I, I, okay. Good example is, and I, I know, I know, I'm kind of jumping, jumping ahead here, but word crimes mm-hmm. is one that, I mean, I love that one. That one, just you know, I, I was, I at one point. Oh, yeah, if you're a linguistics or a grammar nerd, yeah. uh-huh. which weird yeah. out is. At one, uh, at one yeah. point, I was, I had aspirations to be an English teacher, so 
I, yeah. you know, that one just cracked me up, and I watch it and listen to it, and I'll, like, comment to myself just out of the blue. And it's one of those things that's, like, everybody gets it. Everybody can relate to it, and everybody understands it. Even if you are terrible at spelling and grammar and all that stuff, you still find the humor in it, and you still get the joke. And mm-hmm. so it's, like, his music is, because, you know, people will put out, you know, whatever their their shtick is based on current events, whatever is hot in the news, and Al mm-hmm. is just like, eh, I want to do, I want to do a song, or, you know, I want to do a song about how people, uh, you know, the, the tacky way people dress sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, I want to do a song about, you know, a bunch of meat. <laughs> yeah. Or, or and I, I want to give an work. ode to aluminum foil, the handiest yes. kitchen supply in town. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and even even something like Amish Paradise, which you know mm-hmm. could have gone across the line and like really making fun of of you know Amish people, it's still kind of like I don't know any Amish people personally, but it's not it's not um it's not it's malicious. Not, yeah, it's no. not malicious. It's not negative. It's it's just like you know here's this here's this different culture, and it's a little you know it, it it's it's just different, and mm-hmm. we're gonna. We're, we're not going to make fun of it, but we're just going to, we're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And it's, we're, you know, laughing with you rather than at you. And, and so that's, I think that's one of the things that's great about Weird Al is you can tell that his, that he's being genuine and he's being, um, just being a regular guy. Like here, I'm just here to entertain you guys. And, and I think people get that. And I think that's why he has so many fans just of all different <laughs> You know, fill in the blank, whatever background you you want to talk about, and that I think that's why he 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 uh, clicks with a lot of people mm-hmm. and has done so over the years. And he's just a genuinely nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I was <laughs> I was uh, thinking of uh, you know Al's uh, catalog of music. And it's really easy for people to just slap the label of the parody guy on him, which technically in a way is true, but if you look at his music catalog of what Mm -hmm. he has done, I've got it kind of broken down into like four kind of categories of uh-huh. song types with yep. some sub categories now obviously you have the what i call straight up parodies where uh-huh. he takes a well-known song changes the lyrics but all you know keeps the song itself intact mm-hmm. so it sounds like the song uh yeah yep. he is one of the things that gets brought up every now and then online, especially if you're in the the Weird Al Reddit, <laughs> um, is yeah, the guy plays the accordion and really does not play any other instruments. You will see him pick up a guitar. He doesn't actually ever play the guitar because he doesn't know how. 
uh, he's never learned, <laughs> but he knows how to play the accordion. But between him and the the guys in this band, even back in like the eighties, where yeah, like electronic music was starting to become like you could start to use like computers and stuff to do things musically. Um, how well he is able to replicate very distinct sounds mm-hmm. both musically and with his voice and could easily go from sounding like a country music artist in one song to sounding like a hip-hop artist in another uh-huh. yep and recreating the those songs like note for note and sometimes he does have some help um like um when they did uh the uh excuse me the uh beverly hillbillies uh parody of of dire straits money for nothing um mark knopfler actually helped him and played on the the track <laughs> to make sure that it sounded you know got the sound correct mm-hmm. uh so every now and then a musician will come in and be like oh you know we did sound yeah uh, like uh he does a he's got a parody of imagine dragon imagine dragons radioactive uh-huh. and the guys from imagine dragons like worked with him and and his the, you know the crew in the studio be like okay these are the settings we use to get these sounds so that it can be as if if you didn't if the the lyrics weren't there you wouldn't know which version you're listening to Mm -hmm. is what uh, is what he's he aims for and what i what i consider the quote-unquote straight up parodies Mm -hmm. but then in that you have kind of two subcategories where you have the parody is related somehow to the original, whether it's commentary on something uh, like "Smells Like Nirvana." It's a parody mm-hmm. of a Nirvana song, but the song itself is about Nirvana. Or uh-huh. "Achy Breaky Song," which is "Achy Breaky Heart," <laughs> talking about how yeah. awful the song well, "Achy Breaky Heart" it- is. And if you play that song. That achy breaky song I might blow up my radio You can clear the room By playing Debbie Boone Or crank your Apple records until dawn <laughs> <laughs> But then you have other parodies where it's just so- about something random and has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the original song, like the Backstreet Boys' I Want It That Way. He turns into a song about buying crap on eBay. eBay, tell me why I need another pet rock. Tell me why I got that alpha alarm clock. Tell me why I bid on Shatner's old toupee. Right. <laughs> or, 
or yeah. living in the fridge, which is a parody mm-hmm. of Aerosmith's Living on the Edge, but it's about how you put stuff in your fridge and it goes bad. Nothing to do with the original song whatsoever. Or like the mission statement with the synergy, which is kind of a whole bunch of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and then you get towards the end and you get the well, Sweet see, Judy no, Blue Eyes. Well, see, no, that's different. That <laughs> oh, is different. different. Okay. Yeah, but that is different. That one. Yeah, okay. that is not. That is not a parody. Not what I could. That's not what I consider a straight up parody. Okay. That is what I call a style parody. Okay, I like that better. Where it's an it's an original song, but it's done in a distinct style that reminds you or is influenced by an artist that, in general, you again, if you weren't listening to the lyrics, you'd be like, "Oh, this is a song from this artist." So yeah, something like that, where it sounds like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, or "Dog Eat Dog," which sounds like a Talking Heads song. Or mm-hmm. I'll sue you, which is in the style of Rage Against the Machine. I sued Duracell. They never told me not to shove that double A right up my nose. I sued Home Depot because they sold me a hammer, which they knew I might drop on my toes. I sued Dell Computers because I took a bath with my laptop. Or Dare to be Stupid, which sound is uh, similar to the style of Devo. You know, a band, you know, something like that. Um, so that's where the song itself is original. The music is original, but it is obviously influenced by a particular artist. And then you have your straight up original songs, which are very distinct. They don't sound like anybody specific. The lyrics are not you know are original the music is original and there's a lot of those there's mm-hmm. way more than i think people realize you know you've got the theme song to uhf completely right. original Put away your jacket, 
the new song from the movie where the Al Yankovic story, the, the song that plays over the, the closing credits, is a completely new original song. You've got songs like Airline Amy or The Night Santa Went Crazy. Yeah, uh, you know where it, they are, ex, you know, you unique songs to Al, which are the songs that he's doing right now in the ill-advised vanity tour, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, where he's doing just straight up originals, no parodies, um, and and I would include in originals both stuff that he has done for his own albums and stuff that he has done for other things, uh huh, which in some cases can still be kind of style ish depending on what it is so like right. he does the he does he made he did the theme song for the animated captain underpants Uh-huh. Uh so that's original. Um he does uh the 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 theme song for Spy Hard, which is a in itself a parody of the James Bond franchise. So the theme song is kind of reminiscent of some of the James Bond themes, but not anyone specific. So I still consider it original. Um so like a lot of the work that he's done. He's done a lot of work for other properties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, theme songs to movies and TV shows. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he had a hand in writing Cheese Sandwiches song on My Little Pony. Uh, oh, I'm sure. So. I wouldn't be surprised. So you're saying it's a mix-up of the sounds that I just made that coaxed the snicker from your throat in a delicate cascade if I did it one more time, if I reproduced that feat, mixed up some letters here and there, you'd lily bath too sweet. <laughs> then that's all I need to do. That's who I need to be. I thought I needed laughter, but it has to come from me. Squirting flowers and knobby knees. Rubber chicken's my expertise. If you want laughter, then stick with cheese. Now I should amp things up to get the thing I'm after Move whole syllables around and change them passes to get laughter Can't stop now I'm on a roll, I've almost got it back Bright folks like you aren't subject to my play on words attack With something else I'll have to Yeah, uh, and then you have the polka medleys Which oh, appear are just glorious oh, Yeah, yeah. you have a lot of, you have some originals that are polkas Uh-huh mm-hmm. But then you have the polka medleys, which usually you can kind of tell when that the album that that medley appears on came out because mm-hmm. it tends to be songs and artists that are popular at that time period right. that are yep. songs that you probably would have heard on the radio if you had your radio going on in the car, but were mm-hmm. songs that 
Al couldn't necessarily come up with a parody for. Right. But still wanted to use that song because he liked a set of lyrics or he liked the tune um, and wanted to polkaize it. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of times they are whatever the kind of hit songs are at the moment. The one exception would be I think it's called Polka's on I think it's called Polka's on 45, which I believe is on uh -huh. his first album, um, which it's because it's Polka's on 45, 45. So it's it's got like the Beatles Hey Jude in there, which obviously came out years before his first album was ever released. So it's songs that you could have went into a record store and bought on 45s, essentially. Um, so that's the one kind of polka medley that's not like okay this was released on like between you know the years this and this you know <laughs> right yeah like he his uh uh the polka on or the polka medley on off the deep end is the only time you will hear weird al sing metallica because it's got bits of enter sandman and it's so uh -huh. like okay enter sandman black album was released this year so obviously off the deep end was released around this time uh -huh. um so i'm sure there are probably some outlaw you know uh, uh, somebody who has his entire catalog memorized i'm sure would be like well there's these exceptions i'm sure there are some exceptions but in general mm -hmm. when i was kind of listening to his uh the playlist that i made on spotify which i will link in the show notes um which contains pretty much his entire catalog uh -huh. along with some similar artists there's some alan sherman there's some monty python there's some epigraph battles of history which al appears in one of them as uh sir isaac newton uh it's newton against bill nye of all the scientific minds in history they put beaker and a bow tie up against me i'm a master i discovered gravity i dropped rhymes like they're falling from an apple tree you don't match for me you got a bachelor's degree i got a unit of force named after me you want a battle guy that's a crazy notion when i start flowing i stay in motion where's law did you catch that or did it go too fast to attack perhaps it'd be better if i added in a bleep or a bloop or another wacky sound effect i was born on christmas i'm god's gift i unlocked the stars that you're dancing with you waste time debating creationists while i create the science you explain to kids uh <laughs> so uh so yeah there's some some uh complimentary artists in that playlist as well but most of it is pretty much al's entire catalog including the new uh 40 was it 47 track uh yep. soundtrack right. to, uh, mm -hmm. to the movie <laughs> so yep. uh so yeah that's in there as well uh now, so yeah it in general, oh, that's that's the way I was I was kind of categorizing his his catalog is kind of those four big categories with two two of them having a couple of subcategories. Uh-huh. Cause I'm a nerd like that. I love it. I love it. That's a good grouping, Rachel. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Now here's is. here's my argument that I think you would probably agree with me on. Weird Al either needs to get honorary mention for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or get inducted to the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Or both. both. <laughs> yeah. Both. Oh, just both. for all he just for all that he's done. I mean, the man yeah. deserves some credit. Yeah. Yeah. Well he finally got a star on the on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame. 
Yep. Which, that is exciting. However, the thing is, yes. with the star on the Walk of Fame, is technically any celebrity can get one if somebody pays for it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, as long as you do the... ruin my illusions. Yeah, I, I know, like, I'm sorry. Like, that. it is cool, especially considering he got his the same year Lin-Manuel Miranda got his. So they got to find out about it when they just happened to be together, which was kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> he and Lin Manuel Miranda. Well, are, my my are, my are whole friends. point was like, okay, but, they they he's gotten that one now. This is the next step. Like, come on, guys. The thing is, is he's been eligible. Yeah, for I don't know for how many over years. Twenty now. years is yeah. the thing. It has to be twenty years after the release of your first album. We're forty years next year. <laughs> yeah. So, well, then somebody, somebody better get their crap together. I, well, when I went to the when I went to the Rock campaign. Hall, yeah, when I went to the Rock Hall a couple of years ago, they have a kiosk where uh -huh. you know if you give them your name and your email address, which is fine, whatever. Rock Hall can have my email address. They got it when I bought the tickets anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have a kiosk where you can go and submit who yeah. you think should be and that, that's that's immediately who i put in and it shows it has a uh like a projection on the wall and it updates in real time as people use the kiosk and put in their suggestions and weird al is in there he wasn't like super high up on the list um as it was it was a, as it was constantly updating itself but he was pretty high up there so yeah there is a strong contingency of okay, people so that everybody think that it is absolutely asinine that he has not been uh -huh. in the rock and roll hall of fame if so for anything else the yankovic bump is a legitimate <laughs> thing uh-huh yeah. mm -hmm. it just it okay, like so when he released smells like nirvana Never mind. Ended up selling an extra million copies. Uh huh. <laughs> so, so everybody who goes to visit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and even if you're not planning on going anytime soon, make it make it make a plan and and go write this in in mm -hmm. that kiosk. Everybody or message them it. on social media or something. Because it's like, or we need to form a Facebook group. Yeah. And I'm sure there probably already campaign, is. Campaign hard. Because that's yeah. how Bob Seeger wound up getting if I think he's dead. I mean, but that is how he ended up getting his his petition. star on the Hollywood Rock of Fa uh, Walk, Walk of Fame is enough fans banded together to to well, get there's there like, you go. That's you have to like have. Yeah, because it's like you have to file the paperwork, but there's like a certain window you can do it for each year. But you have to be able to file the paperwork and like pay for it <sighs> right then and there. Mm. So it was a bunch of fans that were like, "Okay, we're gonna get the paper to paperwork, but we're also gonna band together and chip in mm. the money because it's essentially the money that pays for the star." Uh, right. So, but yeah. It's not it's not like oh just like if I wanted to spend the money and get my own star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It still has to go through like a whole thing oh, yeah. and be approved by the city of Hollywood and whoever, you know, is in charge of that. So it's not just like you I could just drop a bunch of money and be like, I got a star in the Hollywood Rock of Fame. Or, you know, it doesn't work like that, but 
well, it is obviously. it is a bit easier than the Rock Hall, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we still somebody we still need to 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 get on this site, you know, get those petitions going or whatever else. I don't know. At Rolling yeah. Stone magazine too, because or at Jan Wenner, because I think he's still part of Rock Hall, even though he's no longer running Rolling Stone magazine, but. Mm-hmm. He had Hancho. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind but of I, I agree. Part. He probably should go in the Songwriters Hall of Fame as well. Mm-hmm. So, because, I mean... The lyrics he comes up with. Yeah. To make oh, it yeah. fit. And, mm-hmm. and the way you had everything broken down into groupings, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I and mean, there's a Hall of Fame for 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 comedians, and yes, that yep. one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I look know. at his saga begins. I mean, holy <laughs> cow! Yeah, which uh, we will get to that. We will okay. get to that shortly. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the timeline here, because uh, we got uh, after off the deep end, which uh, smells like Nirvana did pretty good and like you said mm-hmm. never mind got the yankovic bump um so then he released alapalooza uh-huh. uh, which has a, sp- a parody of macarthur park about jurassic park <laughs> uh-huh. oh yeah uh, that is also the album that taught me all the words to bohemian rhapsody before i ever heard the queen version <laughs> wow because nice. he has the Bohemian polka on there, which is a polka eyes yep. version of Bohemian Rhapsody. He doesn't change the lyrics or anything. It's and the tune is the same. It just happens to be on accordion. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, so, I heard so you're that. You're one of those people who actually had to learn Bohemian Rhapsody. It's not one that you're not one that you know. It you had to uh, that you were just born knowing it because it's just part of the universe or something. Nope. Okay. Nope. nope. I'd I'd never heard Bohemian Rhapsody before before I ever heard this, and then when I heard the Queen version, I'm like, oh, I already know the lyrics. <laughs> Wait a minute, and the tune, familiar. pretty much. So hey, thanks, Alapalooza. So leg Where's up the there. Accordion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, um, uh, but Alapalooza is okay. Um, which I'm. I need to double check. I keep needing to double check my uh, by, by, by CD collection. I think Alapalooza is the album I need to replace because it was the one that was in my CD player when I cra- when I got into that car wreck several years ago. Oh, oh. Nice. yeah. I have. So, yeah, I've <laughs> I lost a Weird Al album to that, that car wreck because the, the car oh, was totaled. So there was no getting the CD out. Of the stereo, it was oh. trapped in there. So, Dang it. yeah. Um, and then 1996, Bad Hair Day was released, which has <laughs> the, the Amish Paradise on it. Which yep. yes. Bad Hair Day was the first Weird Al album I ever heard. My cousin got a copy of it um, because her parents were less strict than mine. Um, and it just so happened that I, we both happened to be at our grandma's house in Florida at the same time that summer. Um, and she brought it with her and would play it for me. And I heard Amish Paradise 
And he, at the, I don't know if that point I had put two and two together that this was the same guy that I had seen in that weird movie that one day <laughs> that I was <laughs> at that church yeah. youth group you get were, together. But you were slowly getting it. <laughs> I heard Amish Paradise and I was on the floor side splitting laughing because <laughs> it was the funniest thing I had ever ever heard in my life and i just thought it was so cool and i was like i need more of this (laughs) now when i was 12 um i started going to girls camp which is in you know in our church so every summer the the girls go to camp and you start at age 12 and all of the older girls, someone brought a CD player and they had a whole bunch of their CDs and they were all playing that that album. And I kind of had the same I kind of had the same thing as like because I at this point, I don't know, my timeline of your weird album was a little a little messed up. But at this point I had not really heard much or seen much of Weird Al. But then someone was telling me about it, and then they we played Amish Paradise. Same thing. I thought it was the funniest thing thing ever. And then I went home and pulled up, you know, was watching MTV, and I was like, because I, I really, because up until this point, I really hadn't watched a lot of. We we didn't really get cable until I was like ten, mm-hmm. and I didn't really watch much MTV. And then I got it, and I was like, oh, this is the guy. And then I saw all his music videos. <laughs> the the Nirvana one was the first one I ever actually watched and then there was the the Amish Paradise one and again they're just hilarious so it's just always funny like I I I see the the Bad Hair Day or listen to the Bad Hair Day album and I'm like this is the one that all those third year girls had and and that's that was my introduction Mm -hmm. same same kind of thing it's like this guy's hilarious I need more please Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah from that point on so 1996 to now I have been absolutely mesmerized <laughs> by Weird Al. <laughs> so thanks to my cousin Christy, we're up. Uh, <laughs> so glad my yeah, parents were not around to stop me from listening to that crazy music that you were influencing <laughs> me with. Thank goodness grandma was way more lenient. Uh, <laughs> so funny that you say, oh, you know, my parents were so strict and uh, and like uh, you watch the video, you watch the movie with your church youth group. I heard this, the album with my with my you know, church girls camp. And, mm-hmm. and with your grandma's and just like, hmm, <laughs> how strict should we really be? <laughs> And it's not like I mean I'm trying to think like if any of of Weird Al's songs like have anything really truly objectionable to it and I don't know I don't think so no so I I think it was more the fact that just like not listening to the lyrics Mm -hmm. it just sounded because like you listen again where he he does a really really good job of capturing and replicating the music style so if you weren't listening to the lyrics it sounds like you're listening to a gangsta hip-hop song uh, that right. is true so i'm sure in my mother's mind it was like oh no that's rap my daughter can't be listening to that when it's mm-hmm. like it's about amish people 
But but then you got. I'm sure the fact like, that well, he was talking about being kicked in the butt, my mom probably would have objected <laughs> to even then. Yeah. I guess medieval on your tiny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even even like listening, like like it's not even even if you don't listen to the lyrics, like even his voice does not sound like Coolio's. <laughs> yeah. No. Or, or, or any or any rapper like. Like I can, I can listen. I can be listening to a Weird Al song, and it like starts. I'm like, okay, this might be Weird Al, I think, but I don't, you know. But I have to like listen for a bit to to get it for sure. And I was like, oh no, this is Weird Al because there will be a little part where it's like, okay, this is a little bit different. And then he starts singing, and it's like, oh yeah, there he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is definitely. Weird yeah, Al. I mean, he 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 never can, like can completely replicate what somebody's voice sounds like. Yeah. No. But he has a bit of a chameleon voice where it could change, you know, to fit the style of the music for the song. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if he needs to be like screamy for like I'll sue ya, because it's Rage Against the Machine style, then yeah, yeah, he could be kind of that screamy. But if he needs to be more country for the achy breaky song, he could do that too. Uh, but yeah, he does have a very distinct voice, and every time that Robin Thicke, speaking of of word crimes, yeah. on mm-hmm. the mass singer is like, I think it's Weird Al. I'm like, he's like, I it's my friend Weird Al. He's like, dude, I if Weird Al was ever on the mass singer, I would know. Oh yeah, I so, think so even if he tried, even if he tried to disguise his voice, it's still distinct enough. Like mm-hmm. I would know him within the first few seconds of him singing. So, so, so oh, just to Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke down the stage and yeah. present himself, he would know. Oh, yeah. that's Al. <laughs> so, so I have to ask this question: Is Weird Al to Robin Thicke as Red Herring is to Fred Jones from a pup named Scooby Doo? I, I don't know. Like, maybe <laughs> <laughs> just, you got y'all. Y'all got that reference, yeah? Please tell me. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, bad hair day. That was that. That's where I officially got hooked, and then at some point, I made the connection that it's hey, oh, it's that guy in that movie. Um, and then in nineteen ninety eight. Uh-huh. Uh, he released uh, Running with Scissors. Or 1999, um, he released Running with Scissors. So that was my junior year of high school. And, and that would have been my freshman was, year of college. Yeah, that was, that was my second. I don't know if I actually owned bad hair day yet i running with scissors might be the first album i actually bought on my own um and um it, that that was when he uh had like a uh, uh changed his look he grew out his hair he uh-huh. got lasik eye surgery so he could lose the glasses because he had really 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 bad nearsightedness <laughs> so like the glasses were a look, obviously, but also his eyesight was just like really, really bad. So he was like, "Oh, he's yeah, like, I'm gonna get the lace." So, it was shave so the mustache. Weird. It it gave him some more. It also gave him some more um, 
like costume opportunities uh-huh. for like doing like the music videos and stuff because like he had shaved his mustache for a few music videos but then he always grew back this time without the mustache it gave him the opportunity to do way more with like costumes and stuff yeah it was it was so weird when when the first time that he showed up and you know had the longer hair and no glasses and mustache it's like it's like who is that i like i think it's weird al but it's not quite right but then mm-hmm. you know it really was him, and it was. Just, and now, now I look at now, now I see like older pictures of him. I'm like, okay, now that well, that's just older, weird, you know, or you know, Weird Al from the '80s or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. still, it's just like so, so weird. No pun intended. To... Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh yes, the the Running with Scissors album got blared down one end of the floor that I was living on and that's how I kind of met one of my friends who I found out we had more in common I had more in common with and yeah well it probably didn't hurt that the 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 lead the the first song on the album is a song about Star Wars exactly because she happened to be a Star Wars and Star Trek fan and just like Yep. And I was like, the saga begins. Yeah, I'm like, that yeah. sounds like American Pie, but it's not American Pie. Whew. Yeah, and that <laughs> is, and you know, yeah, <laughs> it was what's impressive is the album, and therefore all the songs on it was completed, needed to be completed before episode uh-huh. one was released. Yep. So he you wrote all the lyrics based on internet rumors and spoilers and then eventually paid a large sum of money for charity to attend a pre-screening <gasps> to double check the lyrics and he was actually very very spot on. Oh wow! <laughs> now, now, fair play to him. It's not like they were they were like real tight lipped about spoilers for fans of Menace. Yes, they really were because I'm like, oh, no. I know. Like, I mean, the, the books, the books were out. The soundtrack <laughs> was out. The 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 freaking cans of Pepsi with all the with all the characters on it. They were you know telling. They were giving the synopses. For this movie, so, so I mean, it does not surprise me that he was able to find rumors and and plot elements. Yeah, and but plot to whatever. to make to get it so accurate. <laughs> well, yes, especially you know not just like the plot points, but the order of the plot points. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's the movie. Uh-huh. In yeah, it's five and a half is. minutes. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, and he got it right and, before. He yeah, and this this it. is one of those this is one of those songs where I know the lyrics to both songs, mm-hmm. like the back of my hand, Dang. but will find my swell self switching between yes. the two depending on what's uh-huh. playing. Yep, well, and there's a quote from from Don McLean like sometimes he even does that. Yes, <laughs> now that tells song. you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So this was this was the 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 last album released 
um, while I was in high school. And it's at this point <laughs> that I should tell my little story. Um, Ooh, so you remember back in the, I don't want to say early days of the internet, but, oh, I don't know. This was what? 10-ish years ago? In the last, yeah, probably 10, 15 minutes ago. Uh, minutes, years, goodness, <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm running on, like, no sleep. Uh, um, you remember, uh, I think especially ones like, uh, social media, not, not just the internet, but social media was becoming more of a thing. So you're getting like MySpace and Facebook and Twitter and eventually YouTube and stuff that there was a time period where people were making like videos that would go kind of viral where they were asking like their favorite celebrity to like their prom or some other like special event like taylor swift yes. please come to my wedding or you know yes. whoever take you know would you be my prom date or the like yeah yeah that was or, a you know my my yeah my little brother the girl you know got you know his, his girlfriend broke up with him taylor swift will you please go on a date with him or you know mm -hmm. something like that yeah so that was a thing in mm -hmm. internet culture for a hot minute I, being of a child that grew up partially in the era before the internet, and the internet started to become a thing as I was going into adulthood, uh, did not have the internet and social media as an option. So, I, using what technology was available to me, i.e., uh, paper and an envelope and a stamp and the U.S. Postal Service <laughs> wrote a letter that I mailed to presumably the address that's on like the insert on the CD I would assume uh, for the record label or whatever <laughs> asking Weird Al to be my prom date. <laughs> <laughs> When I was a junior in high school. Oh, boy. Yes. So this would have been not long after Running With Scissors was released. <laughs> Obviously, I never got a response. Oh, uh, dang. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, come on. Yeah. So I I would guess that Al probably ever never even saw it, um. But yeah, so the guy I ended up going with, who happened to be a friend of the family, I actually told him like, you know, you were my set, you're you know, you're my backup. <laughs> you weren't my first choice for a prom date. I wanted Weird Al. Oh my! So yeah, <laughs> that was over 20 years ago that is hilarious although i'm a little <laughs> bummed that you didn't get at least get like a a letter or something or like a signed photo sent back 
That would have been mm-hmm. epic. Yeah. So, I'll follow that up with another story here shortly. Uh, okay. <laughs> there's a silver lining-ish. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, so, but yeah, kids, uh, all y'all that were like went viral asking like Taylor Swift to go out with like your, you know, your your cousin or your brother who got dumped by you know some girlfriend that they probably he probably hasn't even thought about in ten years. Uh, <laughs> consider yourself lucky that you have things like like the internet to help you with that. I had to write an actual freaking letter and put it in the post box. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And hope that it got to the right place. There was no anonymity. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. And I didn't even know if I was sending it to the right place because you didn't have the internet to look up these kind of things. The only thing you have was the information that's in the booklet in the CD case. Right. <laughs> and it's so. like, is that is that the is that the, the label office? Is this some like obscure mail room that they divert exactly. letters to is exactly. this actual PO box what? exactly so you know what it is what it is uh yeah uh, funny and adorable yeah. <laughs> high school that, Rachel with a crush yeah. on, on Weird Al yeah. well it. And, and little mm. did I know that between that album and then, and then his next uh album Poodle Hat which would be released in 2003 a couple years after I graduated high school somewhere in there he got married <laughs> so yeah, well, <laughs> and has been married to his wife Suzanne for ever since uh so because <laughs> Suzanne actually is in the uh the photo that appears on the poodle hat uh cover where he's uh on a seemingly like a subway car uh with a poodle on his head which that actually was his and his wife's poodle at the time um but if you look over if you're looking at al it would be as you're looking at him his left shoulder um there is like a guy's arm and kind of a bald head and then there's a guy wearing sunglasses with like a visor on and in between those two guys head is a woman wearing sunglasses that is al's wife (laughs) (laughs) if i'm remembering that correctly um and at that point actually she was pregnant with her daughter uh so uh so yeah yeah um so but poodle hat uh was released in in 2003 um which uh did okay it was pretty average um although that's where the uh parody of lose yourself by eminem couch potato came from which eminem gave permission to do the parody didn't told him in absolute no terms was he allowed to do a music video parody so again one of those times where got permission from the artist but with stipulations Mm -hmm. um uh and then of course the 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 backstreet boys parody of i went it that way became ebay um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um so yeah uh pretty good album uh i wouldn't say it's one of my favorites although 
as I say, um, in between somewhere in between running with scissors and poodle hat, Al did get married, um, and have a child uh with with Suzanne. Um <laughs> he is very private about his private life, obviously. That's that's completely fine. However, if the opportunity ever arises, because there is a song on Poodle Hat called Wanna Be Your Lover. <laughs> it's one of Al's many quote unquote love songs. I just want to ask, are those the type of lines that he used to sweep Suzanne off her feet? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. I need to know. Your face is real symmetrical and your nostrils are so nice. I wish that I was cross-eyed girl so I could see you twice. Girl, you smell like Fritos. That's why I'm giving you this hungry stare. You know, because a lot of women, when they talk about what they're looking for in a partner, a lot of times they will say, I want someone who can make me laugh. I have to wonder if that's the case. Because there are several times where I will be listening to a Weird Al song and it's something that's pseudo supposed to be romantic. And I'm like, I wonder which one of these lines really was, you know, just made Suzanne be like, yes, absolutely. I will go out with you. And then at some point, yes, I will marry you. You know? Wonder, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Yeah. They say romance is dead. Uh, Inquiry <laughs> uh, minds do want to know. <laughs> no. Um, and then in 2006, Al's career took a major, major turn for, you know, for the better. But he, like, you know, skyrocketed from being like, oh, that parody guy doing, you know, doing decently well with his album releases, you know, winning Grammys here and there. Mm -hmm. And obviously the, the comedy album category. Um, and, you know, getting songs that chart uh, fairly decently to the release of Straight Outta Linwood, which features the song White and Nerdy, which is my personal theme song. I'm a champion of D&D MC Escher, that's my favorite MC Keep your 40 out, just have an Earl Grey tea My rims never spin to the contrary And became Weird Al's first Billboard Hot 100 single Debuting at 29 and peaking at number 9 uh, <laughs> And the album 
as a whole reached number 10 on the Billboard 200 and was became his first certified platinum album. So again, unlike in Weird, the Al Yankovic story where he has several platinum albums and wears them around his neck, um, Al did not get a platinum album until 2006. <laughs> more than 20 years after the release of his first album. <laughs> oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it also helped that, again, the internet was starting to become more of a thing, um, including uh, being able to buy off of places like iTunes, uh, but really mostly iTunes at that point, because you know the mm -hmm. uh, the first iPod was released what twenty years ago. Thanks. Like so. uh, yeah, because let's see, the iPhone came out in two thousand seven, and the big thing with that was you could have your phone and your iPad or your iPod in the same yeah. thing. Yeah, and I thought that was so dumb. Uh, <laughs> like, why would? <laughs> Like, why would I have both? If I something happened to it, I would lose everything. <laughs> Little and look I at know. us now. Yeah, uh -huh. I know. Um, uh, so yeah, um, because up to up to that point, getting music via the internet really was uh, <clears throat> piracy. Uh, <laughs> yo ho, yo ho. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of which I, I will admit. I will admit, I did have several burned CDs mm -hmm. with Weird Al, uh, weird, uh, among other things, some Weird Al music uh, that came via things like LimeWire and Napster. Napster. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I think those were the main two back then. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, so yeah, so by the late aughts, uh, things like iTunes was really helpful because then he could start distributing his stuff digitally. I was still going to the store and buying the physical albums. Um, I still do. Um, so, because uh, I'm, I like that kind of thing. But it is also nice to have the to have them digitally. There are some. Some that I only have digitally because you can't walk, just walk into a store easily and be like, Ew. you know. Um, yeah. so. There are no longer record stores that we can do that sadly anymore. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, after the release of Straight Out Linwood, um, he started using iTunes to release just singles. Um, so songs like Whatever You Like, um, uh, Craigslist, which is an original song, but in the style of The Doors, uh, Skipper Dan, which is absolutely hilarious if you've ever been on the Jungle Cruise ride at the Disney mm -hmm. Parks. Otherwise, some of those jokes were going to go right over your head. Right over your head, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um... So, um, and then uh, Alpocalypse was released in 2011. 
um, which includes some of those uh, uh, the songs that were released as digital downloads first, um, uh, and then um, he uh, wanted to do a parody of something of Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote a parody called uh, "Perform This Way," which is a parody of "Born This Way." Um, and, uh, submitted it to Lady Gaga's people for permission. Um, he was at first not given permission to release it commercially. Um, something that had happened before with James Blunt and Atlantic Records, uh, um, where he was not able to release his parody called You're Pitiful. Um, he has said he since released it for free and performs it in concert but it was not just not been able to release it on an album where people pay for it um um however uh he found out that actually lady gaga's manager turned it down with ever without ever actually approaching lady gaga Uh to get her permission um so he ended up getting (laughs) yeah so he ended up getting permission from lady gaga herself (laughs) yeah Yeah, he put the song just the song out i remember this and and uh, you know it was just it's a song with the lyrics and i guess she heard it and she's like i never heard this i love it Mm -hmm. yeah and it was like and she even said like this is you know how you know you've made it when we're down to parody your song Mm-hmm. And yeah, the 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 uh, again the music video for that one is fantastic. Yes, mm-hmm. so fun and bizarre, and I love it. It's yeah. it's it's Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even when I hear her song playing like on the radio or at the store or you know whatever, I, I just happen to hear it. I will sing the weird lyrics. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know she walks up wearing Swiss cheese and covered in bees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and then in uh, two thousand fourteen, mm-hmm. um, he released "Mandatory Fun," which was his fourteenth album, therefore completing. His recording contract that he had originally signed way back in the 80s. Um, and now that the internet is a thing, uh, he's not too concerned about it because now he realizes he can release stuff digitally and it gets out yep. to the most number of fans immediately. It also yeah. allows him to release stuff that's more timely uh-huh. instead of writing a song because even now you listen to some of his stuff and some of the references are a little dated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not necessarily that it's still not funny, but you know, it probably was funnier back then at yeah. the time. Yeah. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, I lost on jeopardy. Oh yes. How many people now who kid, know, man. who know who the hell Don Pardo is, you know? Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the Great Kin Band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, exactly. So mandatory fun was his 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 last proper traditional studio album. Um, and um, with that, it actually became his first number one album in his career. Um, <laughs> Word Crimes reached 39 in the top 100 singles, uh, which made it his fourth top 40 single, uh, along with Eat It, Smells Like Nirvana, and White Nerdy, and it made him the third musical artist after Michael Jackson and Madonna to have a top 40 single in each decade since the 1980s. Wow. There you go. Yeah. So, and then after you know, several years of fan-driven I, campaigns, he did get his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2018. <laughs> I I do wonder because Blurred Lines that was a very controversial oh, yes. song, and I wonder if part of that was like, oh, here's a version of the song that doesn't make me feel icky, mm, <laughs> and, true. and I might actually learn something because. Uh -huh. Is very catchy and it is very, yeah. it is a lot of fun. It's just then you listen and, to the other lines, you're like, Ugh. yeah. Well, and then and then the lawsuit with Vic's family and I want to say it was Marvin Gaye's family, just from the rhythm and the sampling, sampling. Mm -hmm. yeah. There was that little controversy as well. <laughs> but yeah, that that song was itself. <laughs> It it is it is and, and it was it was so funny because it was like in a week he you know said I'm gonna release a music video every day this week to you know to promote the album and you know first it was tacky then it was word crimes and I think mm -hmm. foil was the next one and then sports song yeah oh, which I, I love which, which is a fun one and I can't remember what the fifth one was now was it foil it was like. No, let's, wrong, see. let's see. There was okay, tacky word crimes, foil, uh, sports song. Mm -hmm. I swear there were five. Why am I blinking on the fifth one? Um. Oh wait, it was the one. Uh, I can see the music video in my head. It's the the one where where they're like the hand is drawing on the whiteboard. Why can't I remember? Oh yeah, mission statement. That's the one that uh, sounds statement. like Crosby, okay. Stills, and Nash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he actually released uh, uh, music videos for most of those songs actually i remember that too mm -hmm. where they would release the song release a music video so there is a there's a yeah. music video for almost all of them um except handy uh mm -hmm. which is a parody of iggy azalea's fancy mm -hmm. um lame claim to fame uh foil <laughs> good, but, yeah. yeah uh sports song <laughs> Word crimes, uh, mission statements, um, and tacky all have music videos. So, 
which Tacky has several recognizable faces in it. So does yep. so does Foil. Uh, <laughs> turns out Pat Oswald's a lizard person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Knew that one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, since then he's he's not released any proper albums, but he has released uh, the occasional song here or there. He did the Hamilton Polka, mm-hmm. um, which is about the m- only music from Hamilton I actually listen to. Uh, no offense, uh, never jumped on that train. Um, uh, he's collaborated with uh some other artists uh he's done a couple of songs with portugal and the man um obviously he's got a couple of songs in the uh star wars star wars lego summer vacation (laughs) special that was released earlier this year um and i mean other than when they had you know because of the pandemic he's really just been kind of touring ever since when not doing other stuff um you know this is this is something holly and i were talking about after we recorded last week uh when talking about this week's you know episode and yeah again you know weird out oh the parody guy and it's like yeah but he also is like a granted a lot of these appearances are as of him as himself or a version of himself but if you go on his imdb he's got 185 acting credits (laughs) to his name (laughs) so the man gets around (laughs) not just as a not just as a singer doing the weird parodies with his with his accordion um he's not hurting for projects let's just put it that way right no. yeah i mean he did he he did a a um a thing with the like the it was like the california or like los angeles i think it was like the california state fair or like the orange county fair one year where they had this exhibit that was like it what it's like to be inside weird al's brain (laughs) you know um he uh yeah he pops up in just like the most random places and has for years uh like i said a lot of times himself he's been on the simpsons he's been on he was on my little pony friendship is magic a couple of times he plays a character called cheese sandwich which I remember watching that episode when I was binging My Little Pony and I was I was watching the episode but I don't pay I don't pay attention to like the the credits like cuz a lot of cartoons they'll be like special guest star whatever you know right after mm-hmm. the theme song plays and I don't pay attention to that cuz it's like it's whatever it's My Little Pony. So then this character comes on and starts talking. And I was like that's interesting that kind of sounds like and then he started singing and i about lost and i'm like oh my god it's weird al mm-hmm. weird al is a pony called cheese sandwich his cutie mark on his on his rump 
is a grilled cheese sandwich that's been cut diagonally, of course, mm-hmm. pulled the, the two triangles apart so that the tree cheese is stringing in the middle. Mm-hmm. It, you know, craft singles would be very proud. Uh, uh-huh. But there are a couple of times where Joe and Cheese Sandwich is singing and his cutie mark will be moving and it kind of looks like an accordion. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect! So. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's been in, he's, I mean, he just pops up all over the place. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's just one of those, those artists that, um, you, you, he's just, you can't really, like, find a reason to dislike him right unless you just like don't have a sense of humor yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you know he has to have done something at some point that's some you know at least one person on the planet can find funny yeah um you know whether it's a parody is an original song it's him playing himself on the simpsons it's cheese sandwich it's uh you know him and uh yeah he's been a transformer in the transformers (laughs) cartoon series um uh yeah i can't even keep track of uh, all of the the things he's been he's done, so because it's just it's it's so funny, you know. All the he's done other funnier die stuff. He did a, a parody of the axe murder scene in the movie American Psycho with Huey Lewis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Robot Chicken. Like I said, epic rap battles of history. Um. Uh, yeah, he's he said um a song, a Star Wars song, or not a Star Wars song, a Star Trek song about Klingon. Um, oh. so um, you know, he directs um music. He'll direct music videos for for other artists. You know, he's done producing. Um, yeah, he's writes books. Um, yeah, he's been on game shows. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so all, all sorts of things. So he's, he, uh, he's, he's just a really, really great guy. I, um in 2012 which would have been during the Alpocalypse tour um was the f- was that the first time that Chauncey and I had ever seen him together it may have been the second um 
and for me it was like the third time me seeing weird al in in concert um i was fortunate enough that at the venue after the show al's bus was parked right outside and proceeded to go hang out at the in the doorway of his bus and people lined up and got to meet al oh cool so chauncey and i are like we're gonna get in this line so we got in that line and eventually it got to be our turn and i turned the corner and there's weird al sitting on the steps uh in the, the the stairwell of his bus and i forgot how to speak <laughs> hey i'd be right there with you rach <laughs> i think i said something like i'm so happy to meet you and then proceeded to forget my own name when he asked yep. uh who you know for when he went to sign my my ticket uh I didn't know what my name was. Um, How do the I picture spell- the, the picture we have? Unfortunately, it was uh, you know camera digital cameras in twenty you know twenty twelve, not as good as they are now. And unfortunately, it was dark. Uh, <laughs> so our, we have a photo. It's not very good, but it's it's obvious it's me chancing weird Al. Um, right. But yeah, ever since yeah, ten years later, more than ten years later at this point, because it was the summer of two thousand twelve um ever since i've been kicking myself in the butt and i want i want to recount a re chant i want a rematch <laughs> want i need a do over <laughs> i need a do over rachel so that's, that your tardis, that's your tardis trip with the it doctor is. <laughs> it's like Finally meet Weird Al. Forget how to speak. Finally meet Colin Baker. Proceed to cry all over him. Uh, at least with Colin Baker, I've had another opportunity since then. I've redeemed yeah. myself since then. I've not had that chance since with Weird Al, even though I've seen him multiple times since. For the longest time, he was the artist that I've seen the most number of times. Um even with Chauncey in the picture and then Metallica over the last three years has surpassed Weird Al. <laughs> so they were neck and neck. It was Weird Al and then Metallica and Weird Al were neck and neck there for a while. And then Metallica is just like, because two shows every time I've gone to San Francisco adds up really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so, but yeah. I have seen Weird Al a few times since then. I've just not had a chance to meet him again to see if this time around I can remember how to speak. Because I'd really like to mention that whole, hey, I wrote you a letter all the way back in 1999 asking you to my prom and I never heard anything. (laughs) Just to mention it, just to see what kind of response I get. But I would at at, at that time that was not going to happen because I didn't even know what my own name was. Chauncey had to tell him because I was absolutely dumbfounded. So here's hoping at some point in the future I will get a ch- second chance. 
because he is still touring i mean technically this this iteration of the ill-advised vanity tour is technically done however some of the shows for whatever reason had to be postponed so he was going to be here in indiana uh earlier this year and that show got postponed to next year so maybe possibly maybe please Chauncey, are you listening mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> sweetheart Maybe. sweetie pumpkin would you like to join the columbia record club uh <laughs> apparently pablo escobar was ready to make that kind of commitment uh <laughs> so many references uh so yeah weird the al yankovic story not accurate at all um except in bits and pieces uh al actually did have a a a pretty good relationship with his parents up until their unfortunate passing Mm -hmm. um his parents unfortunately uh died in 2004 of carbon monoxide poisoning Mm. um uh so um but yeah he's 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 always you know his his home life was was strict ish um but it wasn't terrible is not anything like the way it's portrayed in the movie because again this the struggling artist has to have the tough upbringing uh yeah to he's got to rebel to become a rock and roll artist or in his case a accordion player in a very specific niche uh of music um uh it, it, he's he's never had a, any sort of relationship with madonna uh he's met madonna once uh for about a minute and a half um long enough for her to tell him that he should parody like a virgin and make <laughs> it like a surgeon which is the only time he has taken someone else's suggestion um it just so happens that madonna happened to be friends uh with somebody who was a friend of his manager of of jay levy uh (laughs) so um uh and uh so yeah he and madonna not a not a thing um so but suzanne does appear in the movie uh uh so uh, she's in there uh sitting sitting next to her husband that gives you an indicator of where to look for her so there's a lot there's so many references in in the movie um you know references to to songs of his there are uhf references in there so if you've not seen uhf you're gonna miss those although i missed several of them uh just because the 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 movie just it goes by so fast um you know, there's just so much to take in that it it definitely it's one of those that's going to require multiple watches to try and catch all of the references and Easter eggs and and stuff. But it's it's done so so well because they played it straight, mm-hmm. which makes it so much funnier. Because yeah. when you try to force humor. It doesn't work. You can't force humor. It's just one of those. It's yeah. just one of those things because it's so subjective. But if you play, if you do something that's funny, but pretend like it's not, 
there there's something just inherently funny about that mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah i would uh, i would highly recommend if you've not seen like i said uhf it's available on streaming in a number of places at the moment um a lot of them with ads but yeah a lot of a lot of those streaming with ads it's it's not that big a deal because the no. the even even Roku even the Roku to watch the Al Yankovic story I think the ads are only yeah. like thirty seconds so yeah, the, it's it, it's way shorter of an ad break than on regular TV yeah there was there was one of those I think it was Freebie we were watching I can't remember what it was and I we were just watching like and then all of a sudden an ad popped up and it had been a while and I was like oh yeah we have ads with this one but it was they were just so unobtrusive. Mm-hmm. And just and then you you know you go back to your show really fast. But I'm like, well, hey, why are we paying for for streaming? But no, yeah. So if it, it just because it says ad supported does not mean that it's gonna be really obnoxious. Right. It's not like every five minutes. Oh, here's an ad. <laughs> yeah. Not like YouTube is suddenly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the videos Alex watches, it's like every. 30 seconds it seems it's like okay you're that's why ad blocks. blockers are a thing well <laughs> ad blocker doesn't work on the tv yeah that's true that's unfortunate so yes. so if, if um, ad blocker could figure that out that would be awesome yeah um so but yeah yeah there are uh, I, I highly recommend going on just watch uh to see where you can watch uhf um see what's available to you as far as weird the al yankovic story obviously um available via roku um for at least americans um i have seen uh several questions on the weird al reddit about (laughs) people outside of the u.s you know how can i uh watch the movie Uh, and al's response is wonderful (laughs) you know us we always like to say we don't condone piracy however (laughs) as weird al said uh, responding to someone's question about those outside the united states if you he said because uh, somebody asked, how can I watch it in Australia? Specifically, he said, Roku's working on it. In the meantime, there's VPN. Very probably no. no. Wait, watch it legally. I'm sure you'll have a torrent of other questions, but I have to move along. Sorry. And torrent <laughs> is all in caps, mind you. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I, I like the, it's like, we're calling it very probably no now. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By, by very probably no connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, again, we don't condone piracy. I mean, Weird Al even has a song called Don't Lou- Don't Download This Song, but he right. never said anything about movies. He just said, don't download this song. Song. Yep. <laughs> oh, you don't want to miss with the R-I-A-A They'll sue you if you burn that
They'll treat you like the evil, hard-bitten criminal scum you are. So don't download this song. Don't go pirating music all day long. Go and buy the CD like you. Oh, goodness. Then again, tell us, you know, ask us no questions and we'll tell you no lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so go check that out and send us some feedback about your thoughts on it, if you would like. See how I did that there? Mm-hmm. Nice to check. Our, our email address is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com and that is where you can send feedback. And you can also visit our website, which is the5ishfangirls.com, which, which is the place where you will find all of our show notes, links to our social media, like Facebook and Instagram, and our YouTube channel. You can leave comments there, interact with us. We we have a lot of fun over, well, especially Facebook and, and such, and posting random funny things and pop culture shenanigans and news when there is news and everybody isn't, you know... Uh, you know, so 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 uh, out of it from all the Halloween candy, mm-hmm. um, and you can also find ways to support the channel financially. We have a merch shop, we have a Patreon, we have a Ko-Fi, Ko-Fi, I never know what that is, and a couple other things. So you can check all those links out on our on the Affirmation website. And of course, as always, we thank you for your support. We thank you for listening, for your feedback, for your comments and likes and whatever else on our stuff. It's kind of cool that we have people that are listening and responding and hope you are all having a good time. So, yeah. So that's 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 us for this week. And I guess stay weird? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know stay what weird I and Stay nerdy. <laughs> yep. If there's anything from yeah. being as from being a weird owl fan for as long as I have, it's it's definitely learning how to re how to embrace being, you know, weird. Yeah, as a label can be taken any number of ways, positive, negative, but embracing your individuality mm-hmm. and and who you are, because there was definitely, yeah, like I said. I was listening to him in high school. I wasn't necessarily open about it. <laughs> you know, we'd be on like on the bus going to band because mm-hmm. I was in marching band. So, you know, we'd be on the bus on the way you know, going to a competition or something. And they'd allow us to listen to music back in the day. Kids, we had these things like called disc bands mm-hmm. um, where you, you used a CD uh-huh. And you put it in a Walkman for CDs. Uh-huh. And put and on hope, headphones. Like heck your skip protection worked. So right. went over a bump. Yeah. That and that's how you listen that's how you listen to music. Um <laughs> so while all my friends were listening to the Backstreet Boys, which I listened to the Backstreet Boys and the boy bands and stuff too. I was I was totally down mm-hmm. with the Backstreet Boys and the Spice Girls um it, it, you tell what years i went to high school uh <laughs> um 
so while you know they're all listening to you know tlc and whatever artists were also hot at the time then late mid to late 90s it was a weird time for music you could have like britney spears and then like big bad voodoo daddy playing on the radio at the yep. same time uh-huh. um, followed by some hip-hop song and this is a weird time for music um so while my friends are like you know fawning all over the latest from britney spears or hansen or whatever hip-hop or rap artist or whatever and i'm in the corner like i got the new weird Al album yeah <laughs> I got this weird L songs I downloaded from Napster. Uh so now I'm very, you know, very loud and proud that I'm a weird Al fan and the fact that I've yeah. seen him close to a half a dozen times and forgot my own name once. <laughs> that tends to happen. Oh, yep. just as sort of a PS on all this, I was looking for it. There is a short little clip of uh, Donny Osmond talking about how they came up with it, with the way he was going to dance in the right and nerdy um, mm. uh, music video and just how kind of ridiculous it is. And it's, it, it's pretty good. It's like, it, I don't know if he's like at a convention or like a meet and greet or something, but I, I dropped it in the chat. So that might be worth Nice. Look at, there's a, it looks like like they're showing the, him and and Weird Al like on the green on the green screen stage behind behind him and just this is how it all came about and I'm like yeah you yeah you just you just gotta watch it because it's just like like the way Al I guess he was saying like no it's like you gotta be like like he was like coaching him through this is what you need to do because to to make it look I don't know you just gotta watch it it's a good one I was gonna bring that up earlier but I was like I want to make sure I can find the video. So hopefully that was the right one. But um mm. yeah. But yeah, everybody loves Weird Al. I think I think yeah. when we're in high school we're all like we're very self conscious about all the things that that we like and we don't wanna, you know, rock the boat and people can be kind of cruel, especially girls. It's it's just like I was a teenage girl, I know. And and now we're just kinda like when you when you're an adult you're just kinda like, screw it. <laughs> this is what mm. I'm doing. Like all that, all that teenage BS. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So. But yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Yes. I, I look. I look forward to seeing what he comes up with in the future. So. Yes. He he is in he is nowhere near being done. I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't think so either. Oh no, not even close. So I can only hope that um that the fan uh initiative that I know is going on out there on the internet, I've seen like well, at least one petition. Um because apparently Roku is staunchly put their foot down at uh putting the movie in it only needs to go in a theater in los angeles for a week oh, to be come oscar on. to be now oscar eligible come on give them the week please por favor yeah, yeah. 
like seriously you know uh, yes you can watch it for free on the internet seriously you can put it in theaters and charge people they will show up oh yes they will (laughs) yeah do not underestimate the fan base one screening a day for seven days in a row if that's all Mm -hmm. it takes weird al fans will show up because Uh they want even al wants this to be oscar eligible but it has the bare minimum for the academy is it has to be screened in a los angeles movie theater for a week and roku is like absolutely not (laughs) oh yeah it's like no you apparently apparently they wanted to be they're they want to push more for the emmys than the academy awards why not both it's like the yeah. Ortega commercial with the, 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 the hard shell tacos, soft tail tacos. Ta- you know, I mm-hmm. can't speak. Hard shell tacos or soft shell tacos. Why not both? Exactly. You know? Both is good. To quote both a is certain, good. Uh, to quote a certain. Rodel uh, Dorado. Anim- yeah. Yes, exactly. Both is good. It's good. Exactly. Yes, it is. Exactly. So it's like, come on, Roku, get off your butts. You got You got some. I mean, is it is it likely to win? No, not likely. This is not the thing the Academy goes for. But you never know, right? It's the thing, you know, it, we could have some, you know, dark horse parasite type thing maybe happen. Right? I don't know. I mean, Daniel freaking Radcliffe is playing. Where now? Come on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Daniel, at the very least, deserves some sort of nomination for acting yes. for this. Yeah. So, um, you know, the 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 new song, yeah, mm-hmm. in, in that it could could easily go up for you know, best original song in something. So, yeah, it's it's got. I mean, the Academy does like biopics. They yes. don't like comedies, is the thing. But the thing is. Because they're playing it straight, is it really a comedy? True. Is comedy. This is this is this is the discussion. This is a serious. This is a serious, serious discussion. But first, Roku needs to get off their high horse. Uh, <laughs> and do what do what needs to be done to make it Oscar eligible in the first place. Otherwise, we're just talking about nothing. It's a moot point. So, but uh, anyway, I could I could go on and on about the Weird Al in this movie and his you know catalog of work and all the other things yeah. he's you know the music and all the cameos and all the things he's done. But uh, I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> because i'll still have lots to say when i talk about uhf later this week so there you go uh so for now we shall sign off for this week and unfortunately britney's internet went out so she left us uh a little early so she's not here to say goodbye but she but she does say goodbye interviews but this is christy saying goodnight from salt lake city this is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. I guess what I'm trying to say is I hate sauerkraut!
listening to the Five-ish Fangirls podcast. You can find more episodes and information at thefiveishfangirls.com. Any and all books, movies, games, and any other forms of media mentioned are owned and operated by the respective copyright holders. No copyright infringement is intended or implied. If you wish to support the show, the easiest way is to leave us a rating and review. More ratings and reviews will make it easier for others to find the show. If you wish to support us monetarily, you can do so at patreon.com slash fiveishfangirlspodcast. All money goes towards fees and equipment to keep the show going. For official Fiveish Fangirls merchandise, visit redbubble.com slash people slash fiveishfangirls. We love hearing from our listeners and encourage feedback. You can email us at fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fiveishfangirls. Thank you so much for listening, and may the squee be with you.